Welcome to Cyptionary. Hello. This is actually take two. This is Hi. <laughs> Are we on? We're take, on right now. Okay. Are we getting any more error messages? Not yet. Error, error. I don't know what error, happened. That error, was weird. Error, error. But we're good. We should well, be good. If stuff happens, be flexible with us viewers. How's it uh how's it hanging, guys? <laughs> it's it's hanging. It's hanging. It's hanging. Barely. We're by trying a, this uh, again. By so. a thread. Maybe is that is that how that works? Well, <coughs> I was gonna go talk, and then my voice didn't let me do that. Well, uh, I wanted to uh, for for you viewers, um, I viewers. I wanted to put a little bit of pressure on you because I've had multiple people uh, say how much they appreciated last week's show, just like I did. I really thought uh, last week's show was Rocky fantastic. Was, was awesome. Uh, I it was almost like true. one of those moments where. Not the same. If you liked last week's Rocky show, not only should you share with us that you liked Rocky show, which some of you did. Yeah. But you also need to actually grab a copy of the link of our show and then share it on your social medias and tell your friends that this particular episode was straight fire it was good it, it was, was really good. good so if you liked it enjoyable uh and you have told us that you appreciated it or even if you haven't but yet you did appreciate it or if you haven't listened to it yet i would encourage you to go back and listen to it i mean good or grief. if this is the first time you're ever listening to our show if you are a human or the first being, time in a long time it's going on right now <laughs> if you are a long time <laughs> listener first time caller that's right what are we doing what are we you doing? need to share yeah. that podcast episode and if you're the 75th caller that's right and if god is working in your heart (laughs) we're gonna give you tickets we're gonna give you tickets to calvary bible church on sunday morning free tickets free tickets free tickets we have we have a seat that's awesome that's awesome yeah no no uh and guess what we've got more folks coming next week next week uh champ champion thornton champion thornton the author himself the mr phd guy we'll talk about him more next week but man uh he he is a very uh first of all he's dude he's 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 writing but even before that like he was pastor yes we'll we'll talk about that but like even for us like at least my my view of him was so kind of like he he was so extravagant in terms of how he thought and what he taught. And right, he, right. He was good. He always had something up his sleeve or some creative way of, of sharing something with you. Yeah. He was very thoughtful. You're going to really like his show. He's written some amazing books, uh, particularly uh, one really amazing kids book uh, that we will probably end up talking about as and well. And a shout out, he has a he has a podcast called In the Word on the Go. It's a 10-minute. That is true. 10-minute? Is it 10-minute? Yeah, it, I think it's something. 10-minute, yeah. but you can listen to a particular text from a usually they're well-known people um authors and things like, like eric that. seib is on there one time oh yeah one time i got i got on there once i did no i think so. i've I think never been on there as, twice. as well I, I haven't been on there you haven't been on there well maybe maybe i'll do a shameless plug right we'll maybe do I'll, maybe i'll plug. shame him but if you if I, you if you're like going to school and you're just you know taking a trip to school it's it's 10 minutes of just the word of God and uh, a particular text and one guy speaking on the particular text. So it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's word, really cool. In the word on the go. Knowing, knowing champ, it's it's really cool. Oh, I've yeah. listened to a couple yeah. of them before too. Really yeah. good stuff. So. Well, uh, Quentin, you are on deck for a life update. Wow. What's happening, man? Uh, What's going on? Um, not a whole lot, honestly. That's not. That's, no, that's, re- that's not, legitimately that is, not true. That is just not true. You've got it may feel run of, of the mill, but... 
No, it's just everyday stuff. Um. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you, thank you for All those right, words. Next segment. <laughs> next segment. Well, I mean, like, okay, what's happening with your soccer team? Yeah, so on? we're finishing up. We got tournaments coming up this weekend, um, and it's a uh, it's a winner go home kind of thing. Are you hoping to win or are you hoping to go home? <laughs> well, it doesn't really. I I would like to win, quite honestly, but um, it would be. The chances of us actually winning, eh, not so great. The first game, easy win. We just played this team. Hey, don't count those chickens before those hatch. No, no, no. I, it's gonna be a win. I'm counting this one. <laughs> we right. just, if you come back, I'm gonna, I am gonna shame. We gonna just, roast uh, you guys. if we came back, we came back on purpose. Like if we go home in the first game, or we're going home, it's because we chose to go home in the first game, not to, not, and we chose not to win. We played them Rocky, on a, the spirit of Rocky would come and beat that's your right, soul. That's right. Why? Remember Rocky talked about like competing and yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like it would be lost on purpose. Then it would be yeah. That that you're not going to do that. No, you're, no. Not, you're not going to do that. No, I'm not yeah, going to tank for. Trevor. But I don't go out there and I'm, you, you get a first kick, round draft pick. If I don't you, kick the ball. Well, that's I wish true. that'd be great. No, we played this team on Tuesday of this week, so they only have nine players total. Oh, wow. That's weird because you have 11 spots on a soccer field. Yep. Uh, on Tuesday, we played them, and they only had seven players. Oh. How? So I asked Ron. Hmm. I was like, what do you want me to do about this? And he goes, Maybe yeah, I they really can care. Just win the game. <laughs> Maybe they could oh, forfeit. Word. So Maybe uh, that's what should happen. Maybe they should forfeit, quite honestly. That way, I don't. I wouldn't miss the bucket. Well, that just seems weird. But, uh, well, no. You got to give the kids a chance to play. Just let them play. All seven of them? Yep. I'm not sure that's even safe. They don't have any subs. Well, their one kid did, like, I think, well, I don't know. They may have six. And if they have, I think the number, I think, technically is you have to play with at least seven players before you forfeit. Right. So do you have to play with seven nope. players? So I did I did not on Tuesday. I played with nine players instead of 11. So I was like, all right, I'll take two of mine off. But I'm not playing seven against seven. I'm playing seven against nine. And Ron said... <laughs> But Ron, Ron was like, uh, "You could play with eleven. Yeah, you, you got to win the tournament. You got to win. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a sportsmanship thing. It's not a rule thing. It's not like illegal to do that. Um, yeah, win the you game. You got to set You're yourself play, up. Win the game. Right. You play to win the game. So I'll play with nine on Saturday if they have seven, and then depending on how bad we are up, I'll take some guys off. But like, what if what happens if you do you start losing? Do you just start adding people on? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, but it's not going to happen. No, but like we were. That's so strange. We did nine. So the other thing too is like I want to give players who don't normally get a chance to play a, a chance to play. Right. right? So right. like, um, so it doesn't. So like on Tuesday, we still played with nine, but like I put, I pulled most of my starters out. But I also know that like the, the gap between, there's just a huge fall off. Between the people that can actually start and right. then the people that are sitting on the bench, right? Like athletics. That's that's that's, 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 that's the way. It I'm is not even talking, yeah. but teams. I'm not even talking athletically. I'm talking like just the mental capability to be able to understand the soccer game at like yeah. what you're supposed to be doing, right? Um. So it it, it really would be almost as it, like if I took out and I put all the players in, I, even if I played nine on seven, right? And I put all my subs in, it really would be like a almost like a even. six on seven type scenario. Like it's that bad. Oh wow! Um, 
Because they just don't know what to do. Well, and they don't. Yeah, I mean, they don't, they don't care they to don't know really, what to do. They don't want to. So it. it would be like worse than. And so the other reality is too, like I've actually had the guys that actually want to play, mm-hmm. like I can't do that to them. Like that's not fair to them. No, it's not. So yeah. I take those guys and I put them in the back on defense. And then I put some guys in that, you know, are wanting to be there, but yeah. don't have the, they just haven't played soccer enough right. to be able to be there. So I put them up front kind of thing. So, yeah. so that actually ends up being closer to being even, even, um, and they have good time and they goof off and it's fun. Like, so it's just about having fun. So we have fun. We, uh, we kind of mess around. We goof off. Like today we have practice and we're not really going to be doing anything like practice. We're just going to be playing soccer for like yeah. an hour just because yeah. it's the last practice yeah. tournament game. We're not going to win the tournament. Um, so just go enjoy yourself. Yeah. We're going to have fun. So we got a game Saturday. It would never fly in Europe. Just, like, just saying. No. Well, <laughs> it's a good thing we're not in Europe. Right. Speaking of knock, knock. Who's there? Europe. Europe who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad. Dad just got it. Just got it. <laughs> just played. I was well, I hope, your, uh, I hope your team I was waiting for doesn't it. lose too quickly. We'll lose Monday. Okay. So who do you play Monday? Well, either the winner of Madison or Tree, oh. which will be Madison. I love how we just call that team Tree. I thought, tree. You, I thought you beat Madison. Tree of no, life. We beat Tree. Oh, you beat Tree. one nothing. Okay. By the skin of our teeth. Okay. Um, but then Madison will beat Tree, and then we'll just get crushed by Madison. Okay. That I, That's all right. We've crushed them. Isn't once. Madison like our greatest rivals? Actually, no? I think technically Tree, tree is. is. Tree is the but, rival. But um, I cannot stand Madison. <laughs> Why? Is it their coach? It's like all of them. Like they're, the kids are they're punks. A bunch of tools. The parents are jerks. Oh, my word. Although Delaware, oh, at Delaware, I had a, a Delaware's parent. Like totally lose their mind against the referee. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It was hilarious. It was really funny. Like, did he get thrown out? And he didn't even know the rules either. Like he was like yelling at the referee, going like, That's offsides. Isn't that offsides? That's offsides, right? Like, raise your flag. Like, the ref was like, That's not offsides. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. You're mad and you don't even know what you're yelling about. Wait, no, literally, a- I'm asking you, what, what is offsides? Is offsides? <laughs> It's like Ted Lasso, <laughs> all over again. Oh, sheesh. Well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad your life is being updated in that way. So oh, I'm gonna word. miss it. I love it. Um, I love yeah. playing soccer. Yeah, I love you just do. The cool stuff. Well, cool, cool, um, cool. yeah, good update. All right, so we are. Uh, our topic today is a little interesting. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe a little bit foundational, but it certainly is worth talking about. Uh, in fact, Dad kind of told us a story about uh, a guy that he was just kind of discipling this week. Yeah, uh, Dad, you want to go ahead and set up our topic today yeah i do um so one of my big big concerns is that often um are are the people that we that we minister to it's 11 o'clock by the way so you're is, hearing 11, it is, it is 11 dings o'clock. i don't think you can actually hear it on oh good oh really all right well maybe not all right maybe you can i don't know um my my big concern is that there are many people who who don't really know how to articulate well the gospel. Yeah, yeah. That's so for sure. one of the things I, I I use this um, recently. I I actually took a little um, excerpt from a a message from Alistair Begg, who talked specifically about um, how the thief on the cross, um, you know, he gets to heaven, and um, the the you know the, the the gatekeeper looks at him and goes like, I'm like how how did you get here? And he's going like, I don't know, man. He said, I, I don't know. I was one of the worst ever. 
and and this is Alistair talking. He he does has the British British language, and Nichols like, well, what do you it's mean? Scottish, but that's okay. It's just Scottish, yeah. <laughs> so what do you? Wh- he's like, what do you? What do you mean? He goes like, I don't know, man. I was just I was sitting there on the cross dying, and the guy, the man in the middle, looked at me and just said, today you'll be with me in paradise, and I'm here. There's no there's no reason for me to be here. There's no reason. There's nothing that I've done at all that would would get me here. I don't know why I'm here other than the man in the middle of the of the cross just looked at me and said, "You'll be there and I'm here." Yeah. And yeah. Th- his whole point was Good news, my friend. Good yeah, news. It, my hope the, the point was that if if you understand the gospel and you speak of it in first person language, I did this, I did this, I did this. You don't know the gospel. Mm-hmm. And to understand the gospel, you have to understand that it's the third person. It's what he did. It's what Jesus has done. So as I'm talking to people and I, and I typically say, hey, how's, you know, what's God doing in your life? How are you being changed by him? And invariably, they will, they will start talking about what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, here, and here's part of the rub as well. So what dad just described in terms of like the, the, the man in the middle of the thief on the cross like that's all of our story. We would all say that like that's our story, especially in reference to our conversion, right? right? So we would all say that Jesus got us in 100% right. in conversion. Um, but the the trick is, or the or the 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 tricky part, or the hard part with the Christian life is that like a lot of times after we're saved, and right. grace is amazing yep. in the front door. Yep. Um, grace kind of is not so amazing when you're in the living room. Right. You know, or as, as you progress throughout, you know, your, your Christian life and experience, it becomes all about you and your performance. And you do end up like even Christians, you talk to them about, you know, what's God doing in your life and what they do is they point to with the things that they're doing. That's because grace has worn off for them and they started looking back in at their performance or what they're doing. Um, so that's kind of the thing. Like, it's not just for conversion. We're even talking about um, losing sight of the gospel for sanctification yeah. as well, and yeah. for the whole of Christian life, and how to how to how to live out our lives in the realm of our justification, the truths of our justification, in a way where God brings people and circumstances into our lives, then that cause us to to keep ripping our grips off of our works and our own righteousness and our own seeking our own righteousness and trusting him. And this is, this is the, the, the process of sanctification where God continues to kind of pull the rug out from underneath us to say, no, no, you still need me. You still need yeah. me. You still need and this me. is, this is even reflected in, in that, that famous hymn that we've kind of quoted amazing grace, right? It was, twas grace that taught my heart to fear. Yep. But then it was grace. Those fears relieved. Yep. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed? It was it was amazing grace at the beginning. Yeah. But then he also says, uh, "Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far." Yeah. And it is grace, grace that, that will, will lead, lead me, me home. home. Yeah. John Newton understood what we're talking about. That's today. right. That's right. So like, growing growing as a Christian, and this might be a little hard to 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 hear, especially if you're kind of hearing this for the first time. To grow as a Christian is not first and foremost to grow in your performance. Right. That's not what that means. Yeah. The growth as a Christian really first and foremost means to grow in your awareness of the grace of Jesus and yeah. you're learning how to depend on that more and more. Yeah. You're, in other words, you're you're realizing Jesus's sufficiency more and more. Yeah. Yeah, and and part of the way you do that is God 
in his divine providence, puts you through circumstances and connects you with people that cause you to see and understand your sinfulness and the deceit that's in your heart. Sin is deceit. Sin is a lie. It's a Mm -hmm. constant lie saying that you're God. And if you are God, then guess what? You don't need Christ. You don't don't need the gospel. And so what happens is in churches, um, in, in, in this world, there's there's usually two different avenues that we that we if we're not if our lives are not being filled with the constant realization of the gospel who Jesus is and what Jesus has done for us then there's two little ditches that we can fall in one ditch is i keep i keep up a good performance yeah that's right and um, and so I'm all the time looking what I'm doing. This is what I'm doing. I go to church. I'm going to church. I, I put my kids in a Christian school. I, I, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. And it's I, 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 I. That's one ditch. The other ditch is the, the, the ditch of not performance, but of pretending. I wear a mask. Yeah. I yep. want to look good. I don't actually have to be good. Yep. I want to look good. And so and, and there's 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 a little bit of an overlap between my performance and my, my looking good. But, but the whole idea is, is that in both of those ditches, there's no gospel. That's right. There's no Jesus. There's no Jesus who he is, nor Jesus, what he has done for us. Or we'll even like, or we'll even say that like you, you need a little bit of Jesus, you know, like no, no Christian that I know is going to, only look at their performance right and just be like no it is all about me and what i do there is one christian that i know that says that and whatever Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's another story it's like i actually do know someone who actually just has verbally said that to me anyway um but like most christians are gonna say yes 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 jesus 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 okay i get him yeah 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 yeah. but functionally right on, on a functional basis like yes jesus got me in yeah thank you jesus he did a lot yeah but now it's up to me. Like Jesus got me 50 yards down the field. Right. Now I've got to take the rock all the way to the end zone. Yeah. You know, and even, and even some Christians will say, you know, Jesus got me 99 yards like that, that, that happened. You, you'll have some Christians who, who talk yeah, but big I, about grace. I take it into the end, but zone. it's about right. that punch into the end zone. There's no scoring unless <laughs> right. I punch it in. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's not it. It's either Jesus gets me a hundred yards and he himself punched it in the end zone and then hands me the game ball. Or it's nothing. Right. That's and that's the essence of, of the Christian life. And when you don't have that, you're you're going to lean on, even if you have Jesus a little bit, mm-hmm. you're gonna lean on mm-hmm. your performance or your pretending to fill yeah, up the rest. And that's where I use I use those two illustrations. Um just just it really helps me visualize, but it's just like Jesus is my is my spare tire. I'm I'm running, I'm driving, I'm going down the road and oh, something happened and that's where the providential circumstances or the people that God places in your life and you get this flat tire and you're just like, Oh, I'm so down. I have a flat tire. Yeah. yeah. And so, but, but cool. You've got Jesus. You you have Jesus. You got Jesus. So you jump out of the car and you, and you put the flat tire on. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Right. Amen. I'm glad I got Jesus. Um, but there's no real genuine trust in him. I'm using Jesus. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're and using Jesus. So I, I slap that. it on there till I'm good to go. I get my tire fixed. Whatever the problem is, I get it fixed. And then, boom, I'm, I'm, I'm back on my own road. I'm back on my own I'm, road I'm doing do my it. own life. And this, this happens a lot. Or the other way is, and this is where I think the, the, the whole 
looking to my own righteousness comes into play. It's a vending machine. God is this, this massive vending machine. I put, I put my time in, I put my effort in and I punch it out and boom, I'm, I'm all of a sudden God comes out and I'm, I'm good to go. I, you know, I can, I can get my pickup a little bit. It's funny because like we're going through Psalms now and, and I, I, how many people use that Psalms as a little bit of a pick me up. Yeah. Um, just, I want to feel good about myself. I want to make sure that, um, you know, that, that I, I, I see this, this little neat little story in Psalms of who he is and what, what, what that guy went through. And they don't realize that a lot of the Psalms are laments. They're actually people crying over the the crud of their lives yeah yeah and they they're 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 indicating i need jesus no one wants to go there because we don't actually want to see ourselves as sinners like the fellow i was talking to with you know i just said you know you you're starting to see and i said this this vision of your own sinfulness as you mature in Christ, gets larger. You see your sin even more. Yeah, and that and that's that's worth noting too. That like if if you really want to say that you're growing in your understanding of God, right, and you're growing as a Christian, then you should have this awareness that like that's never going to work out well for you. Like in the sense of if you're going to know God more and more and more, you're going to see Him in His holiness. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna progress in your understanding of the gap between his holiness and your sinfulness. So in that sense, like, I mean, this is, this is, this comes from Jeff Vanderstelt in the the gospel centered life curriculum throughout our whole life. We should be growing in our awareness of God's holiness, his holiness and what the standard truly is. And then that will reflect also a growth in awareness of my own sinfulness. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm pulling it off more and more, but I'm actually pulling it off less and less. You should but, be growing in your awareness of it. But that. there's a real sense because you're growing in awareness, you do feel like it's it's it looms larger. Yeah, it should, your, life your should sin. feel a little bit heavier. Yeah. As yeah. you as you go on uh, unto yourself, right. if you're going to trust in your own performance and the gap between God's growing holiness and it's not he's not growing in holiness, but we're we're growing in our awareness in our of our it. understanding of him, yeah. Um so that gap between the awareness of God's holiness and the awareness of my own sinfulness is yep. going to keep growing larger and larger and larger. Yep. And that makes the grace of Jesus grow Sweeter. in our minds, larger and larger and larger. If that, so if, if Jesus grace, what Jesus has done for us on the cross bridges the gap between God's holiness and my sinfulness as those two things grow. Right. So also should my awareness and my trust in what Jesus has done for us. Yeah. And the cross should be getting bigger and bigger in our minds. And then, and the result of that is true worship. Yeah. So, so, so good theology produces doxology. I mean, right. Right. It it just does. So our, our understanding of God, you know, creates in us a great awareness of our sinfulness. Yeah. And then it causes us to say amazing grace. And, and grace is the thing that, that really makes life go. And this is why we, we just preached this in Acts 20. Um, Paul basically is going to, is telling the Ephesian elders church that he built and guys that he loves. He's basically going to tell them I'm headed to Jerusalem essentially to die. And they all are profoundly aware of this. And he basically says, now I commend you to God and the word of his grace, which is able to save your souls and give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. So he basically says there are those who are sanctified right now 
who were in your shoes just many years ago. Yeah. They are sanctified right now by God's grace. And I'm going to commend you to God and to the word of his grace, mm. which is able to do exactly what happened to them to you. Yep. His grace is what actually is able to make you holy. And that may look like life gets worse. That may look like you too also headed to the cross, just yeah. like Paul. Yeah. And just like Jesus. So, yeah. you know, suffering has a way of actually bringing about an awareness of our own sinfulness, the death that kind of resides all around us and of God's true holiness. Yeah. And, and, it, and it really goes, it helps us understand why, why it is that, that worship is not something that is electronically produced or it isn't something, you know, we, we kind of think of our, our service times that we can just flip this little toggle switch of worship on, we're worshiping, here we go. Mm. Um, instead, it is a movement of the soul of acknowledging my need of God and the fact is that God is there. Yeah. He's, he's yeah. already there and he's already provided for us mm-hmm. what, what we really need. Yeah. And we're, we're looking away from our felt needs, actually, and looking to our true needs and see its satisfaction in Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That right is what is that what flows then where your heart is so grateful. I was talking to this guy and he's been coming coming to church. And um, I, I said to him, so like when we're when we're singing, I said, do you do you feel like it's it is it is a bit contrived? And he said, like, no, he says, I, I, this is the first time he says, first time I, I'm sitting here and I'm looking around and I'm watching just people just sing. Like he says, like, like they're, they're not trying to move and get some sort of gyration going. He said, they're just singing. What? They're just singing. <laughs> and he, he says, did he say I mean, that's gyration. what we try to do at Good Shepherd. I, I tried to get them movement. to do a gyration. He, he was just like movement. Okay. So yeah. he didn't say gyration. No, just he didn't. But he did. We, we celebrate gyrations <laughs> at Good Shepherd. We <laughs> one, think that's a fruit from of one the gyration spirit. to the, to the next. That's right. Gener- yeah. So anyway, <laughs> right. all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is it's not, it is not something that you can, um, manufacture manufacture yeah yeah or expect it is something that god does because of the of the of the the lively nature of his word it's a, it's a it's a written word yeah um yeah and um and then he's the living word and when you have that rich combination that you're singing and he's in you that flows out of then this this large large um doxology where you, you you don't even have to worry much about the, uh, the accompaniment. Um, yeah, it just yeah. people people are want just ripping it to man. sing. That's right, uh, sing that. Well, it, I think uh, maybe this is a good little. Maybe we can line up a couple episodes on on this topic going forward because I'm sure some of you have have some questions about. Well, you know, if if Jesus really did pay it all, and we live life by grace, simply just trusting in what Jesus has done throughout our entire life, you know, does that mean we do anything? Like what, right. what does that mean? We do. Yeah. And actually I was like, grace is the only way, the only actual operation that allows you to do things that God actually truly wants you to be doing. Right. That, that would be my argument, but we'll discuss, we can discuss maybe then like how that flushes out and how yeah. that, how that works out. I think that'd be really good to that discuss. That would be a, a good, because I think that's where most people, you know, most people are, are toiling with. To, to, to grasp grace. And this is, this is the, one of the texts we're coming up in, in book of Acts to grasp the true meaning of grace, you will be charged or you will even charge yourself with this idea of antinomianism, which is a big word for saying you're against the law. Like to, to grasp the true nature of grace means you have to walk right up to that ledge of, well, are we saying that we do nothing? Answer. Yes. That is the answer. Yes. 
But when you realize that yes and trust that rest, then you'll actually find the energy and the grace to be doing a whole host of free things. Right. And that's that's the and nature. Those, those free things are commanded. No, for they, sure. they they are, but in a different way. Right. It's actually a source of your liberty, right. not the not the source of compulsion. Right. And that's and that's the that's the difference. And to be honest, if there's if there's no true freedom in the life of the Christian, then I mean anything not of faith is sin. Yeah. So if by faith we're not we're not motivated for freedom, then it's not it's not the the right thing anyway. Yeah. Now you should still do it because your neighbor needs a sandwich or whatever you're planning, whatever good work you're planning to do. Right. But let's not think it's a work of righteousness mm-hmm. yeah. or a work of a work of goodness. And that's our natural tendency because we're naturally legalists. That's right. That's right. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk right. more about that. But that man, good discussion on that. We will good also stuff. tweet out a picture of a picture of what we're talking about. If you want a little visualization, again, a lot of this stuff comes from Jeff Vanderstelt's uh, the Gospel Centered Life curriculum. Yeah. Wait, is it Jeff Vanderstelt? No, it's not Jeff Vanderstelt. That's I gospel no fluency. No, false. Not Jeff Vanderstelt. It is gospel centered life curriculum, but that's Robert Thune. Or Tahuni. <laughs> <Tahuni. laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What I think it's Thune. It's Thune. T H U N E. Anyway, we'll put a picture up and uh, you can see that. Cool. But we're going to take a break. Take a break. And we'll be back. Bye. We're on. We're live. We're live. Live. Maybe uh, th- so you guys probably don't know, but this has probably been like an hour worth of a break. It's probably the <laughs> longest break in Scientionary history. Yeah, we, uh, we've we've covered we've covered a lot of ground. Now. Going around the Mulberry. We watched uh, we watched uh, a little dog pee in the living room. Yeah. We all watched it. Oh, it we just like stood and watched it. It happened. It did happen. I, Dad, sometimes did. life happens. Yeah, life happens. I know. But little tater. Little tater. That's right. We well, watched some hockey, some basketball. <laughs> we did. <laughs> we watched a lot about. We we solved the world's problems. Yeah. Well, speaking of problems, what do you? You've got the what for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a I have a couple, but uh, I'll kind of save one. Um, um, I'm I'm reading a book right now called The Christ Key. Uh, it's uh-huh. about seeing Christ in the Old Testament. Yep. And uh, it's really good. It's a little, um, it's not a devotional read. You know, it's not. It's, it's Birdalicious. It is Birdalicious. Chad Bird. Chad Bird. Uh, it's, it's very good. And Chad writes in such a wonderful way. It, so it draws you in. But it certainly isn't devotional. Um, but it is It is a little eye-opening. Uh, a lot of it eye-opening. If you're someone who, you know, like like me, I, I've just grown very aware of New Testament. I did a lot of New Testament study in in, uh, in seminary, and I didn't really do a, too much of, of, of uh, Old Testament stuff. Right. Um, I haven't had Hebrew yet, so that makes a big difference too. So not being as familiar with the Old Testament as I am with the New Testament, uh, it's a good little perception and uh, perspective kind of change and, and adjustment, attunement, if you will. Uh, to to the Old Testament, so it's been really it's been really good. But again, it's not a devotional read, but it yep. is it it kind of it makes your mind work, and that's that's a good thing. So the name of the book is the Christ Key. The Christ, the Christ Key, Key by Chad Bird, and he's very always very concerned that we 
that we see the Christ in the Old Testament. Yeah, and it's definitely that. It, yeah. def- it definitely is that. So he does the. Uh, does he do the Old Testament? Forty minutes in the Old yeah, Testament. Yeah, forty minutes in the Old Testament. Yeah, yeah that's the podcast. Yeah. Yep. 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 He's a he's a good dude. Um, I've been reading another book, kind of off the cuff. Uh, it was sent to me, and uh, it it's it's been really good. I'm like a chapter and a half in. Uh, it's called The Death of Porn from uh, Ray Ortland. Ray Ortland. Yeah. Um, and that also is very helpful. Uh, some of you know our our men's group at our church is kind of going through uh, talking about. Um, just general unwanted sexual behavior in the life of Christians, the life of men specifically. Uh, and so this was another kind of layer to the study and to the, to the read. Um, and he's just so pastoral and, and warm about it. Um, so this is, this is not your typical, you know, just say no sort of stuff. It, it, it is very uh, up building. It's very encouraging. Uh, it gives you strength for the fight. And I mean that in every way. Uh, so I, I've been really encouraged by, by that as well. Uh, I've actually been, been reading it with a couple guys, um, on, in an online way, uh, just to kind of keep the battle up, keep the battle going. Uh, it's something that will probably never, uh, lessen, lighten up in our generation. I, or we hope, we hope it will. Maybe it will. And that maybe God would mm-hmm. give us that, that kind of freedom here in our country, that liberation from it. Um, it is, it is the slave trade of our day and, uh, we, we need to fight against it, but, uh, I've, I've enjoyed that as well. It's been, it's been an encouraging read for me too. So yeah, it's, I'd amazing. Recommend those books. it's, uh, it's amazing how, um, the impact that, you know, Ray has had on many, many people's lives. Yeah. He was just at Cedarville. This past yeah, week. I know. I heard about that. I thought about going down to see him. I would have like, loved to have actually gone to, gone to see him, but I, I didn't know until it was like on top of it. And I just, I got stuff to do yeah if you don't if you don't know the the ortlands uh if you have twitter or i don't even know if they're on facebook i know they're on twitter they're definitely there if you're if you're a twitter person uh and you need a good follow all of the ortlands i don't know how many there are but they're all really (laughs) close to jesus i think think. there's three three sons three sons yeah yeah and uh and they're good buckeyes too so yeah um, yeah good good people good followers and they're just very pastoral they're they're on your side so i'd recommend anything they write yeah no, it's uh, it's good stuff. Really, really good stuff. So let's finish up with just uh, a look at the word. Um, I'm some of you would know this, but uh, we're starting a whole series in the book of Psalms. And last week I had the, the privilege of just walking through Psalm one. Psalm one is a is a psalm that's really well known. You know, pretty much everybody has heard at least a message uh, by by Psalm one, but what I think most folks don't realize is that Psalm one and two stand really as the as the entrance. They're the gateway into um, into the Psalter, as it, as it were. And um, it's it's there are some comparisons between Psalm one and Psalm two that make it most interesting. Number one, the 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 fact is that they they don't really have any um, any designated caption over the beginning of them there are some like um other than book one um that the esv puts in there uh, like the way of the righteous and the wicked kind of the two ways but that's not a what we would what we would term as a um as an inspired caption like the other psalms have the, the other psalms have you know musical notations who wrote this you know who who are the ones that the are ccli license number yeah that, that kind of stuff that kind of stuff but Psalm 1 and Psalm 2 don't actually, and we don't even know um, who wrote them. And we, we, we do get a hint 
um, that that John and Peter actually thought David wrote it when they're in Acts chapter four, and they speak highly of it, huh. and they say that uh, you know that this was written by David, and it could very well be because it's dealing with a, a coronation. But some of the differences are that that Psalm one begins with "Blessed is the man," singular. Psalm two starts talking about the nations. So you've got one person, and then you've got the entire entire nations. Um, and, and that's a, that's kind of a, a cool difference. They both, um, they, they begin with blessed, uh, blessed is the man and they end with blessed are the ones who put their trust in him. Hmm. So there's this kind of bookend, um, idea of, of the, of the blessed man. One of the things that jumped out, um, with, with chapter or with, with the first Psalm is I love how it just began. Blessed is the man. Um, that's also how Jesus began his first message. Blessed is the mm, man. Mm. And I think it also is a picture of what took place uh, in the garden when God made Adam and Eve and put them in there and said, you're, you're blessed. You, you, all of this you can have. All of it is yours except that one tree. Mm. No. Wow. But, but we were in a position of blessedness at the very beginning. Sin caused us to lose that position. Yeah. And we've not been blessed as to that level and so one of the things that our savior does when he comes is he's come to restore that blessedness which i think is why he begins his message with the what we would call the beatitudes just one blessing after another and what he's doing is he's coloring the picture of what it means to be in christ what it means to be in his kingdom what it means to be transformed by grace um, because we forfeited that. We don't see it. We don't understand it. We don't love it. Um, and so he's wanting us to get a, get a taste of it. And we, f- we soon and quickly find out that it isn't what we think it is. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what, what um, the, the writer... I, I, it's, it's interesting. I don't know that this is true, but I, I kind of have said that it's almost like God said, hey, I'm writing these first two. Um, I know he uses the instrument of man and we don't know who wrote it, but it's almost like God said, no, I want this cause I want to set the pace mm. and what is in between the sandwiches of uh, blessedness in verse one, uh, of chapter one and blessedness of verse 12 of chapter two is everything that's in this altar, hmm. what yeah. he's going to deal with and, and everything else. But one of the, one of the things that, that, um, the, the writer, and I think it's, I, I, in fact, we, we called the message uh, a front porch visit with Yahweh, um, where he takes us into the front porch, as it were, the front gate of, of his house of, of glory and blessing. And he says, let me just tell you how it is. Um, so the blessed one is one who, who doesn't walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, or sits in the seat of the scornful. And there's so much that could be said about that. You could actually formulate one, one message on that. But the point is blessed people listen only to God. Hmm. They're tuned into him and his glory and his word. And in chapter one, it's the focus on the Torah because he delights in the law of the Lord, the Torah, the the instruction, the, the law. In chapter two, he delights in the living word, Jesus, or as it says in chapter two, the Lord's anointed one. 
it's the Messiah that, that um, our, our world is to find delight in. So there's these contrasts that are beautiful contrasts that help us understand. And this is where um, really years ago, the, the little phrase that I use on a regular basis, all of life really is all about God. Uh, it flows really out of these two chapters because you can't, the, the kings uh, and the kingdoms in chapter two, they, they, they take counsel together. And oddly enough, um, if you look at Matthew chapter 2, you can see some wonderful parallels of Matthew 2 and Psalm 2, where, where the, the, the kingdoms of this earth connive together to, to do away with, with Christ. Um, you see Herod and the, the wise men, and they hear and they make counsel, and they're, they're trying to, try, and then Herod is the one that actually does away, tries to do away with, with Christ. And yet it, it doesn't happen. And you see in, in chapter two that, um, that the, the nations are still doing it. They're still rage. They're still in turmoil. Um, and what, what happens uh, is, is that they, they don't make it. They, they, don't, they don't actually succeed at going against God's plan. God's plan stays in effect. In fact, the, the psalmist, if it is David, writes that God, you, you will be blessed with your inheritance. And what did, in Matthew chapter 2, what, what was that inheritance? Well, it was the, 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 the wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. God will get his blessing. He will get his gifts um, because that's who, who God is. Anyway, um, but my, my point that I would want to say is that there's a, a very stern warning that he gives in verse six, um, and this is chapter one, verse verse six, and and I I kind of picture this is Yahweh sitting on the front porch, and and those people that are are loving Yahweh are listening well to him, and he looks at us and he says, "For the Lord knows the way of the righteous," and I pointed out last week. I said, "Who who is the righteous? Who's the only one that could actually fulfill all of this?" Um, and it's Christ. Christ yeah. is the, the righteous one. And obviously Yahweh does know the way of his son. Um, in chapter two, it's going to talk about a decree that was made and it's a triune decree hmm. and he knows the way of the righteous. But, but the, the, and, and then, and then I, I, I imagine Yahweh sitting there and he just looks off in the distance and he goes, and, and then he finishes, but the way of the wicked will perish. Hmm. And there's silence on the porch. Because sin has such a destructive way to it mm. yeah. that only, only God himself can deal with. Mm. Only God himself can fix. And of course, that's, that's the picture of the righteous versus the, the wicked. The righteous do bear fruit. The wicked are like the chaff. And mm. the, they, the chaff thinks that they're powerful. They, they, they think that... They think that they are in control, but in reality, the wind drives them. Just mm. the, they're, they're driven, uh, and they're not connected into the vine, as it were. They've actually let go of the fruit. The fruit has been ripped apart from them, and it's just like the chaff. And the, the, chaff, and the wind just comes along and just pushes it away like it's nothing, like, like, like it's nothing. So the, mm. the, the point here is that, that, that you, you run you run, not walk. You run to Christ. Christ is our righteousness. He is the righteous one, and it is through Him that we're we're we're, we're made righteous. We don't mm. we don't we're not getting our own righteousness. 
And it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. But we, we place our trust in, in Christ. But be warned, the way of the wicked will perish. Yeah. It's a good word. It's a good word. That's right. so, sobering word. So, Well, thank you all for joining us on this episode um, of The Cyptionary. And uh, we'll catch you next week, I'm sure. We got Champ Thornton lined up. I'm excited about that. And uh, we'll catch you on the flippity flop. That'll be dope. Yeah. There'll be fire. Looking forward to it. Share. Share with your friends. Champ will be great. Bye. Bye.